0: Thank you, Heath. Please be seated. Be seated. (laughs) Amen. This is kind of weird. It really is. But anyway, welcome to live stream at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. We're glad you're joining us by live stream and we thank you for doing that. You know, a lot of you want to be here that can't today, and so we, we're we very uh, cognizant of that, and we want you to know that we really love you, and we're praying for you as you pray for us today, and so we're all in this together worldwide, right? We're all in this together. We know that God's got this. God's in control. So I want you to go ahead and grab your donuts, get your cup of coffee, and most of all, get your Bible, and turn to Romans chapter 12 today. Uh, this is a first... And so it reminds me of my first Sunday at Lindsay Lane. We had about 30 people. We got about 25 or so here today. So it reminds me of that. It kind of reminiscent. I'm going to do that today. I'm glad Dwayne sang that song today. We will remember because I want to do a little reminiscing today. But first of all, I just want to make a few comments before I get into the message. Uh, this coronavirus, the pandemic that we're experiencing, has tremendously interrupted the way we do life. And it's evident today, it's interrupted the way we do church even. It's indeed a very unique and frightening crisis. But we as God's people must remain calm and focused, remembering that our God is in total control. This pandemic crisis presents an opportunity for Christians to take the gospel to the unstable and the frightened culture. People today may be more open to their need for God than they have been in months and so they're more focused and aware of their lives being impacted by a virus, as well as their limitations and their lack of control. They must be willing to seek God's help and more open to our witness, and especially to our love and our compassion. And I want to give you a reminder of a few verses for us as Christians today. I begin with Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven, to be on the screen. It says this, do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And that's what we've been doing already in this service. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Our Lord is in total control, and we need to remember that. Your staff and I are working very diligently. If you saw Andy John in the video, uh, we're closely uh, watching the developments of this coronavirus. Our government is responding, as I'm very proud of our president and all of our officials for the way they're limiting, help limiting the spread of this uh, COVID-19. The governor's issued a state of emergency. Our schools are going to be out for a few weeks. And so everyone is affected by this crisis. And so we at the church need to respond as Christians. We're the salt and light of the earth. And so we have a great opportunity. Anytime there's a crisis, anytime a crisis arises, we, the church, have a great opportunity to let our light shine and spread the gospel to those who are really looking right now. They're very sensitive right now to what God's doing and what's up in our land. And so we don't need to panic. We need to stay calm. And so right now I want to just share this verse of Scripture that means so much to me. Now think about this very quickly. As Jesus calmed his disciples, they were in a storm. They've been through all kinds of things. They saw Jesus and knew who he was at this stage and really knew that he was in control. And so Jesus told his disciples this, even in their fears. He said in John fourteen twenty seven, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives you, let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. That is a great verse of Scripture for me and for you as Christians, that we can be comforted by our God through His Spirit, but also through His Word, that we don't need to panic, we don't need to be afraid, let us not be troubled, God's got this. Amen? And I believe that. And so today, I'm going to share a message. I really prayed about this message today. I thought about uh, uh, deviating from this message and really coming up with something else about, you know, how we respond in a crisis and all of that. But I figured you've probably heard enough of that on Fox News and other newscasts. You've probably heard a lot about what we need to do and don't panic and all of that. So I'm going to go ahead and share what I was going to share uh, with you today, this being next to my last sermon. As the past senior pastor of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, I really felt like I've been speaking on the church. I talked about why the church last Sunday, and today I just really felt like today I wanted to share with you the reason why I love my church. And so I want to share that with you, the reason why I love my church. And by the way, I love Lindsay Lane, and I love you. I miss you this morning. I miss looking at your faces this morning. I got a few here, but they don't suffice for you, all right? But anyway, uh, I, I miss you this morning. I love my church, and the church is you. You watching today, and these are here today. So I love you, and I love my church. And I just want to share with you today some things that God has put on my heart. And so if you don't have a church home, If you don't have a church family, we talked about last Sunday, I would highly recommend Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, Lindsay Lane North, Lindsay Lane East. One of these three campuses that we have, I would highly recommend, because I know what you're going to get when you come to these churches. I know you're going to get Thus saith the Lord, you're going to get Loved On, And we're going to love you and we may not shake your hand right now, but we're going to, we're going to touch your elbow. All right. So we're going to do something to let you know we care. And so anyway, I want you to think about that. So I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read verses nine through 21 as I talk about why I, the reason why I love my church. Now listen to this. Verse number nine, Romans 12, New King James version, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving over to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, and bless those, and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no evil for evil, having regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends upon you... Live peaceably with all men. The world needs that. Amen? And then verse number 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, verse 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And then verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen? And so that's why we need to understand what it means, first of all, to be a Christian and what it means to be part of the body and bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. In this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul gives 24 imperatives, 24 things that we need to be focused on as Christians in the house of God if you will, and as part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a church family here at Lindsay Lane. We need to continue to conduct ourselves as Christians in our behavior, in our attitude, and in our actions as the church of the living God. And I promise you, when we do that, the world will take notice. They will take notice of who we are because we've been with Jesus, right? We behave like Jesus. We have his mindset and his characteristics as well. And so the question today, I want to ask you, do you have a church home? Do you have a church family who can help you with these things? Mike Warnke said this, you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with family. And I promise you, at Lindsay Lane, our church family will grow on you. You give us a shot, I promise that, and we will definitely grow on you. And so what I want to do, i gonna give you a few characteristics of a good church family. All right? And so on the screen, I want you to watch these. Number one, the family who loves you When nobody else seems to care. A church family, a good church family, will love you when nobody else seems to care about you. That's why we want to reach out to you during this crisis. If you're a senior adult or whatever, we can help you in any way. We want to help you. The church will be there when nobody else will. A good church will and a good church family will. And so we do want to help. James Hewitt said this, The doctrine may be biblical, the singing inspirational. The sermon uplifting. But when a visitor finds nobody who cares whether he's there or not, he's not going to come back. Amen? They're not going to come back if they don't know that we care and that we show that we care. Number two, the family who visits and sends you cards of love and compassion. That's what Lindsay Lane does. I know this by hearing our connect groups. They reach out to people. They love you. We send cards. We we have compassion. And we want to help minister to you. And so we're a church family that does that. Someone has said this, a church family is a place where we make your problem our problem. I like that. Lindsay Lane's a place where we make your problem our problem. We'll help you with problems and crisis. It's just like we've been helped ourselves. Number three, the family who helps teach you and your children the things of God. Not only parents and grandparents. Will we help you? We'll help your children. We have a great children's ministry here in all of three of our campuses. We really want to help your children. We're, we're about the next generation as well. And so we want to help you and uh, come alongside of the family. Number four, the family who loves and forgives you through the love and forgiveness of Christ. Do you know the reason we love you? Because we love Jesus. You know, the reason we love you is because Jesus loves us. And we we found that. We found the love of Christ in us, and we want to love you through Christ. Some of you out there aren't lovable. <laughs> and then, by the way, there's times I'm not lovable. But Christ loves me anyway. And so we love you anyway. And we'll forgive you, and Christ's forgiven us. And that's what we just read in this text, that God wants to forgive one another, love each other, and think of others more than we do ourselves. God blesses a church like that. Lindsay Lane is a great church family. We've grown into a multi-generational fellowship. One of the reasons we have three campuses is because we've grown in this. And we want to spread that out. And Allen and Heath there, Lindsay Lane North and Lindsay Lane East are doing an excellent job of casting those visions that we just shared about how the church family loves on you. And I appreciate their diligence. And their dedication to continuing to be arms, if you will, of Lindsey Lane, Maine, as we reach out into our area and our in our state, even. And so, uh, we're a unified body, we're a diverse people. We got all kind of people that worship here at Lindsay Lane. We got a place for you. We got a place for you here at Lindsey Lane, Lindsey Lane East or North. And by the way, we really mean that, and we really do. And we wanna we want you to be a part of our church family. An old elderly Christian saint. She was crippled with arthritis, and she slowly hobbled to her usual seat in the church on crutches. It was a strenuous ordeal for her that required a considerable amount of effort and pain. A fellow member who weekly observed this older lady, her faithful attendance, he got curious one day, and he asked this old lady, he said, how do you manage to be at church at every service? And the saintly woman said this, My heart gets there first, and my old legs just follow after. And so what's the moral of that story? Here it is. God captured my heart for Lindsay Lane 28 years ago. And the rest of me has been following ever since. God got my heart for this church 28 years ago. As a green, unseasoned, really unseminary, anything you want to put in... God called me, and God captured my heart, and then God began to bring the rest of me. By the way, begin began to bring the rest of my family with me who didn't want to come at first. And so God captured our hearts, and then God began to bring the rest of us and the rest of you as well. And so what I'm going to do today, very briefly, I'm going to share with you the reasons why I love my church. All right? Many years ago, Brother Bradley will remember this. Many years ago, our director of missions was Ben Edmondson. And Ben Edmondson called me aside one day and said, Pastor Dusty, you need to write a book about Lindsay Lane. What y'all have done there and what God is doing there. And you need to write a book about that and entitle it, The Miracle of Lindsay Lane. Well, I never got around to writing that book. But today, if I were going to write that book, I'm going to share with you a few things that I would put in that book. If I were going to write a book about the miracle of Lindsay Lane and how God, God has blessed this great church and put his favor upon us. And God has led us through this many years. We're only 31 years old as a church. And God has richly and greatly blessed us. My call to Lindsay Lane was in 1992. I was working at Steelcase and a guy by the name of Todd Brown came up to me at Steelcase and said, Hey, I heard you surrendered to preach. And I said, well, yeah, I did. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of helping my pastor, Bill Bailey, at, at uh, Round Island. He said, well, listen, we're without a pastor at Lindsay Lane. I go to Lindsay Lane. I said, Lindsay who? He said, Lindsay Lane. I said, where is that? He said, well, it's not far from here. And so he asked me, he said, would you come and speak to us on Wednesday night? We don't even have a pastor. We just got a few handful of people. And so I thought, I said, well, let me, let me think about it. So I did, and I came on that Wednesday night. And then they asked me to come back on Sunday night. Came back on a Sunday night. I mean, we didn't have this many people here on that Sunday night. And so I came back and then a couple, another Wednesday night, and then they asked me to come on Sunday morning. And so I couldn't believe it. I told Patsy, man, I'm I'm preaching at this church on Sunday morning. So I came here on Sunday morning and then I came back on Sunday night. And then on that Sunday night that I, that I preached, I was sitting in Shawnee's with my wife and the four deacons of this church walked through the door. And I began to panic. I was so nervous. I said, "Pastor, what did I say? Did I do something? There's the deacons. All four of them came and sat at our table. And they said, Pastor du-, they said, Dusty, can we talk with you for a moment? And I said, well, yeah, you can. And so Patsy wanted to leave, so she went ahead and left, and they talked to me, and they said, would you pray about being our pastor at Lindsay Lane? I, mean, I said, full time? <laughs> they said, yeah. I mean, all the time, they said, yeah, we want you to be our pastor. and so, uh, And so I did. And, uh, and my first week here was in April of 1992. That was my first Sunday at Lindsay Lane. I was bivocational for the first uh, two and a half years. I was working at Steelcase. I enrolled at Heritage Bible College immediately. And uh, I went there on Monday nights for four hours each Monday night until I graduated finally and got my BA degree in, uh, in religion. And so anyway, I was doing that as I was pastoring the church. I was working at Steelcase and had a family as well. And so God was greatly blessing in those days. My first Sunday here, uh, we had 32 people. We had 32 total people. We had no budget, no records, no staff, only a secretary, and no money. I didn't know this, but they, they didn't tell me this, but they were going to close the doors because they didn't, have, they didn't have any money. They were broke financially, and they were praying about and considering even closing. And so I didn't know that. Well, I came at a 5,000 square foot building. Uh, this is the first building that we had at Lindsay Lane. Watch this picture. That's the first building. You know that as the foundation center now. But this was the first building. There were no no shrubs or anything in the front. The weeds had grown up. And so on the first week we were here, my wife Patsy and D.W. Dawes and Bill and Sandra Blackman, we went and bought some shrub and planted all those shrubs you see there uh, the first week we were here. We just immediately got involved and said, hey, we, this is the church that we're pastoring now. And so we, we did that. And then uh, Dr. Phineas Earl Trent, I wish you could have met him. Most of you have never met Dr. Trent. He's in heaven now, but he was the interim pastor here, although he was on his deathbed when I got here matter of fact, I didn't know him. I went to the hospital to visit him. But that's me and Brother Trent. Brother Trent has a plaque or something he presented. But I'm telling you, you're talking about Moses or Noah. This was Phineas Earl Trent. He was a man of God. He taught me so much in those early days about vision and all of those type things. Uh, he, it was him who coined the phrase 92 in 92. In 1992, he said, we can have 92. And I said, man, that's a lot of people having a worship service. He said, no, I'm talking about Sunday school. I said, you crazy. <laughs> you crazy. But God, long story short, we reached that goal in December of 1992. We had 110 in Sunday school on that, uh, on that uh, Sunday morning. It was unbelievable. And I, I learned then a great lesson. Trent, Brother Trent taught me a great, le- great lesson. If you'll believe in God and trust him, I'm telling you he'll come through. He taught me that. He really did. I learned that from Brother Trent. And then God showed me on that day. There's a long story about that. I could have written a book about it. I really could. And so he taught me that day all the things that went on and my unbelief. And I was mad at God. I I was out there just talking to God in the parking lot. Man, iced over all that stuff. And I said, there's no way we're going to have 50 people today. We had 110 in Sunday school. I'm telling you, God taught me a lesson that day and it helped me all through the rest of my tenure here at lindsey lane and in june of 1992 guess what i got on the phone i called bradley griggs i'd heard i didn't know bradley that well i knew his wife karen but i knew he could sing i knew he could be i said bradley would you just he, he just moved back to athens at first baptist he was attending there he had been in arkansas and cullman and i said bradley would you come help me at lindsey lane i said you're old tanner boy I said, come help another old Tanner boy here at Lindsay Lane. Would you come and help me for six weeks just be my interim music director? He said, well, I'll think about it. And so he did. He came. And you know the rest of that story. Did an outstanding job in leading our music department and really grew the choir and, and just did an outstanding job and still is here today. And I appreciate him so much. And his, Karen didn't want to come and Patsy didn't want to come, but God got him, amen. He got him and led him here. It's awesome. Our first event, brother, brother Andy John, I want you to listen to this. The major first event that we had other than 92 and 92, uh, we wanted, we didn't have a steeple. You saw that picture had a steeple on. We didn't have a steeple. I said, we need a steeple. I started writing down these things. I had a vision list. I wrote one of them was getting a steeple. And I sent a couple, uh, Cynthia and Randall MacKay went to North Carolina and got that steeple that you see in the back of their pickup truck. And they pulled, I was standing there when they pulled in the parking lot. And that steeple was just almost, it was, I couldn't believe they had it in a pickup truck. And we had, we called News Courier and we had a steeple raising. I called and said, we're thinking to have a steeple raising. JT Collins at Collins Supply donated the crane free of charge, and we raised that steeple. And that steeple today is alive in Stevenson, Alabama, on a church that our carpers for Christ built. And we took that steeple and then put it over there on that church after we finished with it, <laughs> All right, God, we built another sanctuary. And so God was just blessing. It's just an awesome thing. And what I want to do is just brag on Jesus and what He's doing. And then uh, there's another slide. I kind of skipped over that, the socket to me. One Sunday, I got through preaching Thad, and they threw socks at me. I mean, I don't know what, what they were thinking, but they just started throwing socks and hit me in the head and face and everywhere. And I don't, they said, you can have these socks. So, anyway, I don't know what that was all about, but that was my 40th birthday. It was on my 40th birthday that they, uh, they threw those socks at me. And my first blunder, you say, you know, i you got, a lot of them got these dustyisms, things that I say, you know, butcher the English language at times, but my first blunder at Lindsay Lane was this one. Back then, we were so small, we had prayer requests. I would just step out before I preach and said, all right, got any prayer requests? And people say, "I'll pray for so-and-so. One woman said, pray for so-and-so, they're having a biopsy done. I said, okay, I didn't have a pad. I just kind of okay, I got the biopsy. Somebody said, hey, so-and-so was killed the other day, and they're going to do an autopsy on them, pray for that family. I said, okay, okay. So I got to praying. And I kneeled down there in front of everybody, and I started praying, God bless those that's going to have a biopsy today, and be with those one's going to have an autopsy today, <laughs> things like that. And when I got through praying, I stood up, and I'm telling you, everybody was laughing. Maxine Dolls was about to have a spell laughing. I didn't even have a clue what I'd say, but those were the days, right? Still happens at times. But people were getting saved every week at Lindsay Lane. They really were. And I'm telling you, on my messages that I preached, I used to write at the top, had four saved today, had six saved today, had five joined today. I mean, every week it was happening. Just unbelievable. But one of my greatest memories that I have of Lindsay Lane in the old days, in the old building, I preached a sermon one Sunday, and right over here in this left, in about the third pew, was Carlos Blackwell and Bill Hope. They were about in their seventies. And they were old drinking buddies. They one had come, the other one had come, and they started talking. And they got out of their pew during the invitation. And they held hands. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Watch those two old men walk down that aisle holding hands. And they came up to me and said, we want to be saved. And I mean, God was doing things like that in those days. Unbelievable. I baptized both of them and I buried both of them later on. And I'm telling you, God was just really moving. And, you know, it's just, it wasn't because of anything but God. It was just God and God was teaching us. And then in the summer of 1993, we had a note burning. Bradley, you remember this? We had a note. I thought this would be a good idea to kind of rally the people because we were so, we was in debt. And so we had a, a note for $13,000 and I stood up in front of the church, had a little bucket and I burned it right in front of them. We paid it off. And I said, hey guys, we paid those note off. And we took that up and let a, let the, had a lighter and burnt the note right there in front of them. And then it helped us to realize God's blessing us. You know, God is taking care of everything that we have, and God did that. And then in February of the 5th, 1994, I want you to watch this screen. We had our very first wedding at Lindsay Lane. The very first wedding was my daughter, Haley, and that's her son, Chuck. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he looked like 12 years old, amen? But Haley was 18, and Chuck was young. But I'm telling you, we had a that was just a day here at Lindsay Lane. It really was. And so our very first wedding was my daughter. And uh, we had a, just a wonderful time. That was in the fellowship hall that we had built. And so uh, all right, and then May of 1995, I graduated from uh, Heritage Bible College. And there's the president uh, there. Uh, I can't even remember his name now, but there's, there's that remember, I, I told you about that purple robe I had in one of my messages. That's it. I mean, it was just blowing the breeze. it was so thin. But I graduated. I mean, I was so proud, I stuck it out. And graduated there. Dr. Hudson is his name. Dr. Lee Hudson is there presenting that to me. He was an awesome man of God. He's in heaven too now. And so I graduated there and I was proud of that. And then in summer of 1996, I did my first visual aid sermon. In the old days, I used to do a lot of visual aid. I would dress up as characters even and did the Roman centurion dressed up like a Roman, all those kind of things in the old days. I did a lot of crazy things. But this particular sermon, it was Carvers for Christ were here. It was packed in the first sanctuary. You stand in room only. And I did a message about fishing. I had my rod and reel and I was casting down the aisle and all of that. And Brother Randy Brown was in that service that day. And Randy around was a fisherman and he heard that message and I don't know if it was that Sunday he came and walked the aisle, but it's the very Sunday that Scott Sandy walked the aisle. We'd been praying for Scott Sandy, had him on our prayer list. We'd been praying for Scott. Scott gets up, the, uh, the day you would never think he would come forward because it was packed house. He got up out of his seat, walked forward and his, his mother, uh, mother-in-law was uh, playing the piano, Diane Ernest. She stood up. And just started raising her hands and saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. some others stood up. And we were just praising God in front of all the Carpenters for Christ. It was a glorious day. I'm telling you, it really was. And in October of 1996, we built our second sanctuary. Lakeside Baptist Church helped us. Uh, Carpenters for Christ came and helped us. There's a picture of the inside. It was seated about 500. And it was a beautiful sanctuary. We were in there six months and went to two services. After six months, we were growing so fast. But Carvers for Christ helped us build that. That's where the choir suite is now. And that's where some Sunday school space is. And so that was our second sanctuary. And before we moved in, Brad, I don't know if you remember this. Before we moved in, we moved our baptistry in there because we couldn't baptize. And we baptized 16 people. Scott Sandy was the first one in freezing cold water. I had waiters on, but I'm telling you, they it, I, I would dunk, they would just start freezing. But we did those. That's the kind of things you do when you're when you're growing, right? Uh, and so, anyway, in 1998, we built our Family Life Center. As a picture of that, there's a, there's our Family Life Center. We built that in 1998. One of our members donated donated that land for that, and we built the Family Life Center. And then in 2000, we built our first children's wing. Our children's wing is located now. Where the Sunday school space is over there. That was the first children's wing. We built a children's wing and fellowship hall and all those type things. And so we needed, we had a lot of children coming at the time. And then in 2002, we built this sanctuary. Dr. Johnny Hunt came and dedicated, we had dedication service. This was our third sanctuary that we built in 2002. And that was a glorious day. And then in 2005, I had a car run through my office. Some of you might have remember heard about this, but this lady ran through my office and th- that 's when they were pulling it out. She was all the way in my office. They had to cut her out of her car, and uh, I was at the dentist. Thank God for dentist. amen, I was at the dentist when i and uh, anyway, and so uh, i, I didn 't uh somebody said after that we had drive through counseling right <laughs> but uh, anyway, we had the car ran through i 'm telling you the lady was okay. Uh, they cut her out of her car, but she had on her cell phone and ran through my office. And I'm telling you, it was Sonny was in his office like it scared him half to death. But anyway, things like that. We made national news. We, I, I remember here, seeing on national news uh, his cell phone deals during that time. And then in 2008, we built our state-of-the-art children's building. And we didn't cut any corners on that children's building. And uh, I'm telling you, it is a state-of-the-art facility. And we are filling that up every day just about and so our children's building, God led us to build that. That was a major step in our in our church. We had our child our this sanctuary in 2002, and then we built a big state-of-the-art children's building. And God became, kept blessing. The reason we did that, we had to have it. We had to have room, and so we built that nice facility. And then in 2009, we started Lindsay Lane Christian Academy. We started with 39 students, and there they are. That was the first students that was at, I believe, I believe that's them, that was at Lindsay Lane Christian Academy, or maybe, I know uh, Claire was in that group. But anyway, we had the first, we had 39 students. And I want to say this, I thank God for Lori Edgman. Lori Edgman, was, he was, she was the principal of that school, the academy. She really helped get that school going. She really did. And I thank God for Lori. I hope you're watching today, Lori. I want you to know I appreciate your commitment to Lindsay Lane Christian Academy and how you helped hand that off. And how you helped raise that up. and then in 2014, we raised uh, we launched Lindsey Lane East with pastor our youth pastor Andy John went to Lindsey Lane East with the uh, eight senior adults and they had, I think maybe a couple of couples went with them. And uh, they had eight people and a couple of couples that went with them then. And now they're averaging 250 at Lindsay Lane East, now under the pastor of Heath Haney. And God continues to bless that great church. Six years old, uh, Lindsay Lane East. And then in 2019, we launched Lindsay Lane North. Lindsay Lane North with about 20 people who went from our facility, went up there with our other youth pastor, Pastor Allen, and now they're averaging around 150 at Lindsay Lane North. God is just richly blessing when he, he's increased our borders. Like the prayer of Jabez, he's increased our borders. And they're doing a fantastic job. They're unbelievable what God's doing at Lindsay Lane East and Lindsay Lane North. And so Pastor Allen and Pastor Heath, God bless you guys. And I, Andy John now is here. And so in 2019 and in 2020... We called the Lindsay Lane East Pastor, Andy John King, who is now the senior pastor after April the 5th, right? So he's all this virus stuff he's blaming on me. But anyway, he's in my watch. I'm kidding. He had not But uh, he's our pastor now. And I can't wait for April the 5th when we do the handoff. It's going to be a great service, April 5th. I hope we're able to be in here on April the 5th. But anyway, I'm so proud of Andy John and Brittany as our new senior pastor. To God be the glory, great things He has done. And I say all of that to say this, it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. We didn't have a slick plan or a program and all of that. You had a pastor who was green as a gourd. But all he did was trust Jesus. And I'm telling you, Jesus grew this great church. And He's done that. Our Lord is faithful when we're faithful. When we're obedient, God's obedient. And to Him be the glory, get all the glory in Jesus Christ, our Lord and His Savior. So the reason I love my church is because I love Jesus. That's the reason I love Lindsay Lane, is because I love Jesus. It's His church. It's His body. It's His bride. He's allowed me to be the pastor of that. What a great responsibility. I can't even imagine the responsibility that my Lord has placed in my heart to be the pastor of such a great church. It's, it's an overwhelming, overwhelming blessing that I've experienced in my life in 28 years. I love this church because I love Jesus. John three sixteen For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has blessed us. He gave us his church. But more than that, he gave us his life. His life is in me. I have life because he's life. I love this church because it's his church. It's his life that lives in me. I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'll close with this. I love reading Max Lucado. He's one of my favorite authors. Probably my favorite author that I read is Max Lucado. He just has a way with the English language. He wrote this about Jesus. And it really meant a lot to me. The Jesus of many people is small enough to be contained in an aquarium that fits on a cabinet. He never causes trouble or demands any attention. If you want a goldfish bowl of Jesus, steer clear of the real Jesus Christ. He changes everything. No, Jesus doesn't make you sexy, skinny, or clever. Jesus doesn't change what you see in the mirror. He changes how you see what you see in the mirror. He will not be silenced, packaged, or predicted. He is the pastor who chased people out of the church. He is the prophet who had a soft spot for crooks and whores. He is the king who washed the grime off the feet of his betrayer. He turned a breadbasket into a buffet and a dead friend into a living one. And most of all, he transformed the tomb into a womb out of which life was born, your life. Your life. My life is in Christ I love this church because I love Jesus. He's blessed me tremendously in my family over these past 28 years. He's blessed this church. He's going to continue to do so with Andy John and Brittany and all of those who will lead this church in the future. And I'm excited about that. I really am. Now, my question to you watching today, do you have a church family? But more than that, do you have Christ? Before you have the church, you have Christ. And because you have Christ, you get to be a part of his bride, his body, and his church. You're sitting there today at your home, maybe watching this. Some of you are members here, but some of you are not. And I want to ask you this. In this crisis situation that we have, do you have hope? What if you get sick? What if you get this virus? Do you have hope in Christ? Not just about a church, but about a Savior. About eternal life in a place called heaven. If you don't have that, I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray on your behalf. I'm going to ask God to really squeeze your heart and draw you unto him. And then you need to contact me or Andy John or any of our staff and let us know how we can help you in your spiritual journey. We would love to pray with you and minister to you and how you can have Christ in your life, a new life, and then be a part of a church family like Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. So let me pray for you. As you bow your head there in your living room or wherever you are, We're going to bow our heads right here in this sanctuary. And I want to pray for you. And I pray that God would stir your heart and God would draw you to him. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for salvation. We thank you for life and life everlasting. Lord, we know life doesn't come from us. We can't earn it. Lord, we can't buy it. We don't deserve it. It's free. It's a gift from God. That he strapped on flesh and bone and came to be a man, a man named Jesus. And went all the way to Calvary to a cross where they nailed him there because of sin. It was because of sin that he was nailed to the cross. And he became sin, he became my sin and our sin. And then he exchanged that sin for righteousness. Whoever would call upon the name of Jesus could be saved. And he makes us righteous, he makes us holy. There's no other way to gain salvation except through Jesus Christ. And I pray for those, Lord, today. They've heard this message about the excitement that surrounds Lindsay Lane from my perspective. How God has blessed me as pastor and blessed this great church. I pray we'll never take it for granted from where we began and where we've come from. Father, thank you that you put life in me and in this church. And God, you would put life in anyone and everyone who would call upon the name of Jesus. I pray for those right now who are bowing their knee, and Lord, that they are praying, Jesus, save me. Come into my heart. Change me. I surrender to you. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. If you pray that prayer, I pray that God, and I know He will, He will touch your heart. And let us know that you prayed and that you believe, and we'll help you in your spiritual journey. God bless you. We love you. Andy John's going to come now and close us out. And we want you to know that we we really want you to be here with us. We love you, but we want you to have Jesus Christ in your heart. Andy John, you come and close us, brother.
1: Thank you, Brother Dusty. If, uh, if truly, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, if you called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, uh, the next steps are for, for to let us know so that we can help. And to make that as simple as possible, uh, if, if you've made a decision or you need to be saved and want to ask more questions, you can send an email to info at lindsaylane.org. That's on your screen, info at lindsaylane.org, because uh, we would love to uh, follow up with you and help you uh, the best that we can. Uh, also, if you have any questions uh, about decisions that have made or decisions that are coming up, or if you have prayer requests, again, we're not in our physical sanctuaries in order to uh, pass uh, pass out the cars, the visitors' cars, and to take those prayer requests or ministry needs. If you have anything like that going on, the church is is not stopping. Uh, we want to continue to minister to you. And so if you have anything to communicate to us, all three campuses can send an email to info at lindsaylane.org, and we as a staff will work through those, we'll get those uh, to the corresponding campuses, and we'll be able to, to minister to you as this thing uh, plays out. Uh, We we appreciate your patience throughout last week. We'll appreciate your patience this week. We are meeting tomorrow morning early. Our lead staff is meeting tomorrow morning early uh, to consider next steps and and for the plan for the upcoming week. I will let you know that that we will not have any gatherings or groups uh, tonight or Wednesday night. However, we will have another live stream service here Wednesday night. In which all three campuses can tune into. Uh, your, your lead staff from those three campuses are working together to put to make that happen on Wednesday night, and so you can tune in again on Wednesday night at six thirty. Um, also, uh, it, it's not the easiest thing in the world right now to talk about giving and how to give, uh, but ministry doesn't stop just because we're not gathering on Sundays and Wednesdays, and we fully plan to be engaged in the community and engaged in reaching within our church to uh, minister to the needs that are within. And so you are still able to give. You can give by sending your contribution through the mail. You can mail that in to 1300 Lindsey Lane. Or you can give online through the website. Or also now we have text-to-give options. If you could text LLBC to 73256. Or if you're at east or north, you can text LLBC east to 73256 or LLBC North at 73256, and those giving options are still available. Uh, we'd ask you just to continue to pray for us as we make decisions, be patient with us, uh, show a lot of grace, and, and also speak well of church right now and get ready to come back to church, uh, because if, if God can change a man's heart, I fully expect him to be able to handle this no problem, and uh, we look forward to when we are able to uh, get back together again. I want to say to our pastor and to you that are watching, and hopefully you can spread this word, there will be no true handoff from this position, uh, from his position to this position, until we are able to all get together and honor you. And I want you to know that we look forward to honoring you together. So the dates be what they are, we're going to honor this man of God before it's all said and done. And there's not anybody in here to say amen to that, so I'll say amen for you. Uh, let uh, let let uh, Let me pray for us, and then we look forward to seeing you again Wednesday night, live stream. Uh, and uh, we're praying for you in the days to come. Lord, we thank you so much for the the word we've heard this morning. There is no church if there is no you. Lord, you have you you are in charge of all of this and you still are and always will be. And so God, we're so thankful that we get to be a part of this where we are able to lead and serve and witness and minister and make disciples in your name. And so we're so thankful for the church that you've raised up. We thank you for the pastor that you've raised up in the last years, God, we're so grateful for how you've worked and always been faithful. And so, Lord, we look forward to what you will do. And we pray, oh God, that you give us wisdom and faith in how to respond in these days to our community and within our church. Lord, I pray that there are fathers and mothers in their home right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that families would take the charge to pick up their Bible and not put it down and to answer questions that their kids have. Lord, that the fear would, would be squelched by the truth of God. Lord, that we would, would still be out and, and involved and minister however you lead us to in the next few days. But also help us to be wise as we make decisions about being around each other and when we should come back. God, we, we fully expect you to make a way through all this. And Lord, we thank you for when you do and how you do. We trust this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.